Uh, this morning, our chapel speaker, his name is Brian Bullock. He's one of the pastors of Jubilee Church. He loves Rocky movies. And if he could have been in WrestleMania, he said that he would do it 100%. Can we give him an ENC welcome as he comes? How's everybody doing today? Everybody doing all right? <clears throat> if you're here today, you're looking good, say yeah. yeah. Let me say that one more time. If you're here today, you're looking good, say yeah. yeah. If you're here today, you're looking real good, say ow. ow. Look at the people who lied. Just point them out. Whoever was lying, just point them out and tell me who's lying, who's lying. If you're here today and you're looking terrible, say oh. All right, see, the people, who are, the people who are screaming saying they're looking good are now like, oh, yeah, let me, let me tell the truth. I'm so glad to be with you guys here today. My name is Brian. I'm the youth pastor at Jubilee Christian Church. Jubilee Christian Church is a church in New England uh, in, the, in the heart of Boston. We actually have two locations, one in Boston and one in Stoughton. And I bring you greetings from my senior pastors, uh, Pastor Matthew Keith Thompson and Pastor Mona Thompson. You don't know them, but can you clap for my pastors anyway? Just clap for them. Thank you. Uh, I'm the youth pastor there. I've been a youth pastor there now for five years, and I've had the awesome privilege of talking to college students and high school students and middle school students uh, all over the New England area, and I'm just super, super excited to be on one of the best colleges in the world. Can y'all make some noise for Eastern Nazarene College, please? You may not want to cheer for them, but, but you're paying bills. You're paying the student loan. So just, can we clap one more time for Eastern Nazarene College if you're, if you're playing, for, playing for bills? So I'm so glad uh, to be here with you guys. As soon as, as, soon as I got the invite, uh, I just immediately came. And uh, I just want to give it up for, for, for all the short people in the room. Anybody short in the room? If you're short, can you throw your hands up? I, I just want you all to know short is the new tall, just so you guys know that. Tall is the new short. Matter of fact, if you're tall, can you raise your hand if you're tall? Can you raise your hand if you're tall? If you're tall, do you mind standing up for a second if you're tall? If you're a tall person, do you mind? All right, we got a lot. We got to really rebuke. If you're tall, can you stand up? If you're tall, if you're tall, keep, remain standing, remain standing. If you're tall, can you remain standing? If you're tall. Okay. All the people who are sitting down, can you guys stretch your hands toward these tall people real quick? We're going to pray. Father, we pray that you would help these tall people. Uh, we pray that when they sit in front of uh, people like us in a movie theater, that they would put their head down out the way. We pray, God, that they would stop taking up all the time in the stores uh, when they need long jeans and big sneakers and big shoes. God, we're praying uh, that, God, you would protect their head as they go through doorways, that their head not hit the top of the door. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, everybody say, amen, 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 amen. I want you to know they always have my size at the shoe store, and uh, they always have my size pants at the store, so it's all, it's all good. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to a particular scripture. If you have a Bible, if you have an iPhone, pull out your iPhone. If you have an iPad, pull out your iPad. If you have a Samsung, just leave it where it is. Don't even mess with it. Just, just we, we're praying for you. Uh, if you have an iPhone or you have a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 16, the book of Matthew, St. Matthew chapter 16. It is a book in the New Testament. Can everybody hear me pretty well? You guys can hear me in the back. Anthony, I see you back. You can hear me pretty well. Y'all can hear me up top. Y'all can hear me? You guys can hear me? Yeah, no? All right, good, good, good. Matthew chapter 16. If you have your Bibles like me, I know you got it open. If you have your iPhones, I know you can see it. I'll give you just 10 more seconds for you Samsung people who got to wait for it to load and 
all this stuff. I'll give you 10 more seconds, 10 more seconds. Matter of fact, I'm not going to wait for you because I know your screen's a little faded. You can't really see it anyway. So Matthew 16, verse number 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, you will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world? What, what good would it be for someone to get all the Twitter followers? What, what good would it be for someone to get all the Facebook friends and all the IG posts? What, what good to gain all of that? And then lose or forfeit your soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come. He's coming in his Father's glory with his angels. And he will reward each person according to what they have done. The title of my message is, Let Go of Your Bowl. The title of my message is, Let Go of your bowl. Let's pray. Father, open up our eyes and our ears that we may receive a word from you that would change us and transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen, amen, amen. It, it, one of the things that I have learned about life, I, I'm not too old, I'm not too young, but I'm at a point in my life where I learned a couple of things. One of the things I have learned about life is that anything that is valuable, anything that is worth getting, anything that is great, anything that is like something successful to be accomplished, usually to achieve it or accomplish it or get it, you usually are going to have to give up something. We, we always want life to be about what we get. But I have found that usually life a lot of times is about what we lose. If you want anything great, anything valuable, you usually got to make a sacrifice in order to get it. I, I don't know about you, but I want a six-pack. You know what I mean? I, I want one of those six-packs that's just like, bling, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I just, bling, bling. I, I want one of those eight-packs. I want one of those weird abs where you got the six and then you got the, the two just strong ones, just weird, right under your shirt. I'm not going to take up my, I'm not going to tell you how many, how many packs I got right now, but, but, but I want a six-pack, but to get a six-pack, anybody who got a six-pack, in the room, you know that if you want one, you probably gonna have to give up some cake. You know what I mean? You you probably gonna have to let go of some of the Doritos. You know what I mean? You you probably gonna have to say no to the Twinkies. You got to say no to come, so, some of the Coca Colas. Why? Why? Because if you want the great body, you got to sacrifice something. How many people in here make A's? Like you get A's, you get A's. You know, A's. Look, everybody's like, I, I don't know. Like I don't. I don't know. What is an A? Okay, I don't know. You know what I mean? So, all right. <laughs> B's. Anybody get B's? See, see it, you know, your grade is not an accident. Okay? Yeah, I know you, I know we all think it's an accident. We all look at our grade. No matter what the grade is, we have this puzzled look. Like, what? How, how did I get that grade? Like, what? Who? What does, is if the teacher just closed their eyes and just picked the grade and just said, you know what, F, you know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. If you're going to get an A, you know that to get an A, you're probably going to have to sacrifice some time. 
You're probably going to have to sacrifice a couple of trips, you know, to, to the party. You, you're probably going to have to sacrifice some sleep. Can I get an amen from somebody? Okay. People who make A's know they don't sleep that much. Okay. They're not, they're not getting a lot of sleep. All right. But whatever you want in life, if you're trying to pursue a girl, you you looking at somebody, if if she's worth anything, you trying to pursue someone and you says, oh, oh my God, I just, if she's worth anything, usually back in when I was growing up, it, it, it cost you something. You, you had to be smooth to get a good one. I mean, anybody can just get any old girl. You know what I'm saying? You can just say whatever. You just, ski, you, ski, ski, you, you, boo, boo, you. And it's like, really, you want to talk to me? It's just like you, it's like you can get all that, okay? But if you want somebody valuable, like this person got it together, you know you got you got to actually take a shower. You you had to actually get dressed. You, you have to actually have a plan. You got to have some goals. You got to have a dream. You know what I'm saying? You have you had to have a job. You know what I mean? You, you had to be on your way to some. if you wanted something great. Can I tell you something? Even God, when God wanted you, he created you from the beginning of the world. You were, you was his prized possession. You were made in his image and formed in his likeness. When God made you, he made you with all of his heart and all of his passion and all of his love. But, but he lost you because when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they gave up their relationship with God in order to earn their independence. And so because they became independent beings and they no longer relied on a loving uh, a heavenly father, uh, God had to pursue them back. God had to pursue them back. The problem is they were in sin. And because they were in sin, a holy God cannot be with a sinful child, a sinful humanity. So the only way that God could get you back, and he pursued you, he pursued you, he pursued all of us. You, you see it because through his chosen people uh, uh, in the Jews, you, you see it as chosen people in Israel. And, and to get you back, God says, you know what? In order to get humanity back to the place where I want my children to be, I got to lose something. So he sacrifices his only son. It's not like God had 10 sons and he just said, you know what? I'm going to pick one of my sons. No, he's got one son. And he sacrifices that one son in order to get you. He teaches us a principle that sometimes to get the thing you really want, sometimes to achieve the thing you really want, sometimes to get great, to get the valuable, you got to lose or you got to sacrifice something. It, It reminds me of... My daughter. I got a daughter. Her name is Summer. Can y'all just say, aw, my daughter. Like, aw. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I, I, me and my wife, she's one years old. She's one and a half years old. And uh, every day, my daughter has this bowl. She got this bowl. This is her actual bowl. You know, she's mad at me because I took it when I left the house. I had to sneak it out in order to get it out. It's her bowl. And... Uh, Usually we put some crackers or we put some chips in the bowl and she's got a nice little table and then we sit it on the table and, and it's nice and she starts eating. She loves it. She can be in another room. She can hear the bag of chips open. You know what I'm saying? She can hear the shup, 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 into the bowl. She can hear the sound of boop, me put it on the table and she comes running from the room. She comes running just because she knows that we put some chips and some crackers in her bowl. We have a challenge every single day with this bowl. 
Because I'm a good father, you know what I'm saying? I'm a good man, you know, I take care of my chillings, you know what I mean? Whenever I see my daughters eating some chips and crackers, I, I notice it gets a little low. I notice that the bowl's getting a little light. So I say, you know, let me, let me, let me put some more chips in the bowl. Let me put some more crackers in the bowl. So when I see it getting down a little low, I grab the bowl. And I try to go put some more chips in the bowl. Problem is, when my daughter sees me grabbing that bowl with those little bit of chips, she goes off. I mean, she turns hope. This is Batman versus Superman, part three, four, five, and six, okay? This is, she, she holds on to the bowl, and me and her literally play tug-of-war with the bowl. I don't know where she's getting this strength from. I don't know if she's doing push-ups. I don't know what kind of food the mother gives. I don't know. But for some reason, we will tussle back and forth with the bowl. Just, I'm saying, baby, let the bowl go. And she's mad. My daughter's mad because she thinks I'm trying to take something from her. What she doesn't know is that I'm a good father. And I'm not trying to take something from her. I'm trying to give something to her. And so we play tug of war all day because my daughter doesn't trust me yet. She, she thinks I'm trying to take the little bit of chips she got. She thinks I'm trying to take it from her. She doesn't know. Daddy's trying to hook you up. Daddy's trying to bless you. Daddy's trying to give you more. I believe that's what we're all doing with God. This bowl is a representation of our lives. And we think that God comes. He puts his hand on the bowl. And we all like, God, let it go. No, no. And God's like, no, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to bless you. I'm trying to love you. I'm trying to forgive you. I'm trying to get you to have a more effective, a more productive, a more fulfilling life. But we are holding on so much to the little bitty chips that we got in our lives. And we don't trust God. We think that God is trying to make our lives boring. We, we think he's trying to ruin us. We, we think he's taking something away from us, not realizing that if we let the bowl go and give God our lives and give him our hearts, he will return our hearts and return our lives with way more than what we had in the beginning. Many of you are here today and you are fighting with God as if you have fists to fight with. As if you have muscles that can stand against almighty God. As if you control anything. You can barely control your hygiene. How are you going to control God? God is saying, let, let go of the bowl. Let, let go. Give me your life. Give, Give me your heart. Let's, let's let it go. But we're like, no, God, you know, you don't understand it. I need this bowl. There's chips in here. God is saying everything that's in there, I put it there in the first place. And if I wanted to, I can just, I'll just throw the whole bowl away. But God in his grace, he allows us to, to, to spend time wrestling with him. Because God, at the end of the day, what he really wants, he wants you to trust him. God wants you to trust him. God will let you wrestle with him for a little while. Not so that you know you're strong, but just so that he can try to convince you to trust him with your life. I believe that there are three things that this generation in particular have in their bowl that you need to let go of. I believe there are three things that you need to let go of, of, of in your bowl, okay? Okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about those three. First thing I think this generation needs to let go of is some pain. 
Everybody say pain. Everybody say pain. I believe that in all of our bowls, we got some pain. Pain from our past. I need you to catch this with me for a second because I, I, I'm not new to this. I, I'm true to this. Like, I, I don't do this. I, I don't do this for an income. I do this for the outcome, okay? Let me tell you what I see. I see a generation of your generation. Oh, man, you guys look good. You guys are drinking. You're going to parties, smoking a little bit. You with this girl in this room this week. Next week with this girl in that room next week. Hailing out this dude this week, this dude that week. Cussing people out, bleep this, bleep that, bleep you. It's all good, man. What I have found is people look at people like that and say, they have said you guys are a bad generation. They say that's, those, those people are bad. They do bad stuff. I don't believe you're bad. I believe you're broken. Because truth be told, the reason why you act out the way you do is because of some pain that you have experienced on the inside that you don't know how to deal with. Many of you smoke because you are escaping a reality you don't want to confront. Many of you drink because you are numbing yourself from having to confront yourself about the issues that face you every single day. And rather than deal with the father that left you or the parents that got divorced or the person that may have touched you inappropriately when you was a child or, or the person that bullied you or the fact that, that you didn't have what the other person have or, or the fact that your family has said stuff to you that has scarred you and wounded you, you'll party it all day, just partying. And we all look at you and say, man, that person's cool, man. They're having a good time. What you don't know is they are crying on the inside. They are struggling in their heart because something has been broken on the inside of them. Some of you have been broken since you were in middle school. And we look at you and we just say, oh, man, that's so-and-so. He's crazy. He'll turn up. Oh, he's going to turn up. Watch, man. He's going to turn up. He may be turning up on the outside, but on the inside, he's dying. He's dying. I had a conversation with a young man who told me that he feels pressured to buy drinks for other young people. For other young adults who are not of the age. And I told him, I said, you may think you're buying drinks. What you don't know, you are buying someone's death certificate. Because some of you are picking up habits in college that you will not be, that will follow you into your 30s and your 40s and your 50s. And while God is saying, give me the pain. Give me the pain. Let, let it go. We're going to forgive. I will help you forgive. I, I can help you heal. I can make you whole. I, I can walk you through forgiving the people who have hurt you. Rather than letting it go, we use the pain as a crutch. We use the pain to say, God, I'd rather hold on to this pain than to let it go and walk in your complete love and forgiveness. Can I tell you something? No one in this room has been more offended than God. No one, because no matter how good you think you are, we're all got some, all of us have a little guilt. All of us have done some things. God was innocent. Christ came into the world completely innocent. He didn't do any wrong to anybody. He didn't say wrong about anybody. He did no wrong by no one, yet he was persecuted. He was spit on. He was, he was beat down. He was put on a cross. He was treated like a murderer. He was treated like a killer. He was treated like, the, like he was nothing. And he had to forgive each and every single one of us. 
If he lets go of his pain, how much more do we have to let go of ours? Let go of the pain. Your friends don't know about it. You don't know that the person they sit next to, you don't know that they were molested when they were child. You don't know that their father locked out on them. You don't know that they gave their heart to some dude, and this dude told them that they were going to be in love. They even got engaged, and then one day the dude just stopped calling. The dude just stopped texting. The dude just walked away. Their heart's been broken ever since, and you may think that she's giving you her body, but you don't know she's giving you her pain. You are not just dealing with a person's body. You are taking the pain that is in their heart. They're using you to numb themselves. And God is saying, I'm standing right here. Give me your bowl. Let go of the pain that's on the inside. You don't have to say, man, I know I'm talking to somebody. I know I'm on your street. I'm on your front porch. I'm on your door. And I'm like, knock, 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 knock to your heart. You hear what I'm saying? Another thing that's in the bowl. Another thing that's in the bowl it's some pleasure. Everybody say pleasure. Everybody say pleasure. Ooh-wee. 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 This is a generation, you guys live by a motto. The motto you live by is, if it makes you feel good, do it. YOLO. Only live once. If it makes you feel good, do it. Whatever you want to do, do it. How many people like that model? Like, if it makes you feel good, do it. Because you know what? You are the Pharrell generation. Your generation wants to be happy. Everybody just, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm happy. We love it. We go into class and the teacher asks us to do something. We're like, ah, that don't make me happy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not happy. I'm just, your mother calls you. Actually, you, I, I, it doesn't make me happy. I'm just not doing it. I'm just not doing it. I, I don't just, <laughs> if it don't make me happy, then it means I shouldn't be doing it. If it don't make me happy, I shouldn't eat it. I have never saw somebody walking up to, to go get some celery and be like, oh, happy, happy, happy. No. No, we all, some of the things that give us pleasure are hurtful and harmful to us. What if you did that with eating? I'm going to eat whatever I want. Whatever makes me happy, I'm going to eat it. You know what I would eat? Fried chicken. Do not get racist on me right now. Do not even get the stereotypes. I like fried chicken. Leave me alone, okay? All right? The stereotypes, just stop it. Okay? Fried chicken, macaroni, and cheese. That's what I would eat. Breakfast. Lunch. Dinner, that's what I would eat. Snack, give me a little macaroni and cheese bites. Breakfast, <laughs> give, me <a> little, <laughs> give me a little fried chicken on a waffle. You know what I'm saying? Just, <laughs> just whatever you can do, put it on a waffle. I, I'll eat it, okay? You know what happens, though, when you eat fried chicken and macaroni and cheese all day? You know what happens? You'll be, you get fat, yeah. But it's worse. It gets worse. You can actually be, you can be at a desk and be knocked out just at a desk. You think you're woke, but you're just like, <sighs> you can't breathe afterwards. When you, when you sleep, when you sleep, the chicken rises to your throat. It's, it lives in your chest. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese takes over your neck, okay? 
It's like a chokehold. Like, oh, I can't sleep. <laughs> okay? Okay? You, you, know, you know, there's some things that make you feel good, but they're not good for you. You know, one thing, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to be honest with y'all. One thing that feels really good, right? One thing I can't, one thing I hate, I hate when, when I'm driving and somebody tailgates me. Y'all don't drive. Do y'all even do anybody drive in this room? Do y'all, y'all, people are like, oh, we take the bus. Uh, Pat, I don't know where. All right, so, so sometimes you're driving, and somebody's, like, all over you, like, just all over you. Just, I mean, if they could be in your car, they'd just be in your car. It just, it's just, come on. You know what I do? Father, forgive me. I, I pray for your forgiveness and your repentance. I, I, I get out the way. I let them go past. And then I come on right up on them, like, Can I tell you something? When I do it, it feels great. It feels good. I come alive. I'm just, until I realize I'm about 30 minutes from where I was supposed to be. I I was supposed to get off way back then. I'm in another city. (laughs) I'm late for work. I was messing around. Some pleasures you got to let go of because everything that feels good is not good. And you need God to be able to tell the difference. Everything in life is not going to make you happy. Everything in life is not going to make you feel good. You have to do some stuff that, that don't feel good for you, but it's good to you. And, and God is saying, I need you to let go of some of the pleasures. Last thing you need to let go of is some people. Everybody say people. Oh, God. You, oh, oh, God. You guys are so, I, I love you all. I love you all, but I got to beat you up a little bit, okay? I got to get on you. I got to get on. Because... This generation, for some reason, you guys are afraid of letting go of people. And not all people, it's like, it's not always for a bad reason. You guys are nice. You guys be like, I'm sorry. I, if, if I'm not their friend, like, no one's going to talk to them. Like, who's going to, no one's going to be in their life. Like, I'm, I'm the only one who will be there for them. Like, if, if I don't text him, he's going to lose it. Oh, my God. It's just like, what? no. No, you're not responsible to save a person's life. You're not responsible to try to keep a person together. You, your, your responsibility is to live your life unto God and let God live his life through you. But there are some people that you are holding. There are some relationships that you know that are in your bowl, that the longer you keep this relationship, the more it will keep you from your God. Listen, it, I, oh, my God. I, I just love, I know he slaps me, but I just love him. So, no. That's a person that you need to let go of. Those are people that you, matter of fact, take your phone out right now. Just text, just text somebody. Just be like, I'm sorry, I, gotta, I can't talk to you no more. I'm in, I'm in chapel. I, I'm in chapel. I'm just letting you know, God, I, I know this is bad. <laughs> we can't talk anymore. Blocked, you know what I'm saying? Just use it, use it. It's on there for a reason, okay? All right. So here we go. I'm almost done. All right, here we go. Look, look, real quick. Boop, here we go. So let go of some pain. Let go of some pleasure. Let go of some people. When God takes those things out your bowl, when you let them go, God's going to put some other stuff in your bowl. Can I tell you three things God puts in your bowl? Yes or no? Can I tell you three things God put in your bowl? Yes or no? If you want me to tell you, I need you to clap your hands real loud. Clap your hands real loud. All right. That's good. That's good. That's good. One of the things God wants to put in your bowl is peace. Everybody say peace. 
The Bible says that he will give you peace that surpasses understanding. I believe that peace is one of the most devalued attributes in all of the world. God says that he will give you peace. He's the author of peace. He's not the author of confusion. He's not the author of fear. He is the author of peace. If there's anything that you need in your life right now, you need some peace. The Bible says that peace will guard your heart and your mind under Christ Jesus. Actually, he says it will surpass all of your understanding. I know plenty of people who got a whole bunch of money, but they don't have no peace. I know people who got the the hottest chick in the game wearing their chain, but they don't got no peace. I know some people who rolled up in a phantom, put more money in their pocket, kind of hard to keep their pants up. I I know people who they got money, they got all this stuff, they got everything, but they don't have peace. Peace will cause you to live your life in a way that makes you strong and confident and bold. You need the peace of God. Can I tell you something? Life hits all of us. Life does something to every single one of us in this room. There's going to be some bad news you get one day. There's a job you might lose. There's a class you might have a struggle in. And I don't want you to run to alcohol. I don't want you to run to weed. I want you to know that if you give your heart to God, he will give you peace. You will have peace in the midst of trouble. Peace doesn't mean you're never in trouble. Peace means that when you are in trouble, you hold it together. You're not losing your mind. Many of you, when you go through stress, you lose your mind. You're losing your hair, pimples popping out your face. God says, I'll give you so much peace in your heart that when the storms of life come, you will be strong. I I know people who are sick, but they got peace. I know people who have lost a loved one, but they got peace. Peace will keep you. Peace will help you. Peace will hold you together. Some of you don't like being alone because you don't like it quiet because it gets chaotic in your mind. God will give you peace when you're you're in your dorm room. He will give you peace whether you're in a crowd or out the crowd. You need peace in your life. It comes from God. It's his creation. And he gives it to all people who love him. You need peace. Everybody say peace. Everybody say peace. Some college students don't sleep because of studying. And then I know a lot of college students who don't sleep because they can't sleep. Their mind works too much. You don't have peace. When you close your eyes, you're dealing with so much stress. Matter of fact, some of y'all need peace from Sally Mae. I get an amen from somebody. Hey, man, can I don't know about you, but Sally Mae used to follow me. Sally Mae, she used to go wherever I was. When I was at the bank, Sally Mae was at the window. You know what I'm saying? When I went to go purchase a car, Sally Mae used to sit behind a table and say, you can't get this car. You can't afford this car. Sally Mae would show up at my job. When I got my check, Sally Mae would have a handout and say, hey, I, where's my portion? Okay? Sally Mae. But God will give you peace. Today, I don't have any student loans. I'm absolutely debt free. We, Me and my wife paid off all our student loans because God blessed us financially so we can get financial peace. You you need emotional peace. You need physical peace. God will bless you with peace. One more time, say peace. The other thing you need in your bowl, God will give you hope. Say hope. Hope means you can have a confident expectation that something good is coming your way from God. You need hope, especially today. We're dealing with an election where we don't know who the next president is going to be. We don't know what they're going to really stand for. We're looking at all the candidates and we're trying to figure out who's the one we should vote for, who's the one we should go with. I'm telling you that no matter who's in the White House, if God is in your house, you have a hope for today and you have hope for tomorrow. You need to have a confident expectation 
take, when, when you have the hope of God in your life, bad things might happen, but it don't have to shake you because you know that it may not be working out today. Maybe I'm going through a bad day today. Maybe tomorrow I'm going through another bad day. Maybe the next day I got some bad news. But what I know in my heart is that God is going to come through one of these days. I know it's going to happen. He's going to make this thing come to pass. Some of you have seen some closed doors. You have seen some rejection in your life. But when you have the hope of God, the Bible actually calls you a prisoner of hope. You know what a prisoner of hope is? A prisoner of hope is someone when they face difficulty, they want to give up, but they can't because something on the inside drives them. Something on the inside says, get back up again. The righteous may fall seven times. He he keeps getting back up. You know the difference between a Christian and someone in the world? Someone in the world, when they fall, they stay down. But a Christian, when he falls, God lifts him back up. You need hope in your life. Everybody say hope. 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 Hope. Say hope. 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 Boom. There we go. Last one is this. I don't want you to forget it. Peace. Hope. And then I'm going to say a strange word that you may not know. Contentment. Contentment. I'm going to slow down right here because some songs need to be fast. And some songs you got slow, slow down. You know what I'm saying? You make it really smooth. You know what I'm saying? Just slow it down, all right? <laughs> all right. Contentment. Contentment is the ability to be cons- completely satisfied wherever you are and whatever state you are in. Contentment means that I'm satisfied. At my core, I'm good. I don't need anyone to validate me. I don't need anyone to affirm me. And I don't need what somebody else has. Do you know what Facebook has done to all of us? Facebook, Instagram, social media has made us the most discontent generation of all time. Can I be honest? Can I be honest with you guys? We only literally got like three more minutes. Can I be honest in three minutes? Yes, in the back. Can y'all hear me all the way in the back in the corner? There we go. I see you. There you go. Point. Boom. Yep. Boom. I said, do you hear me? She was like, yep. Boom. I got you. I got you. So here's the deal. Sometimes when I'm looking on Instagram, I'm looking on Facebook, and I'm sitting in the house. Maybe it's a little boring, raining outside, nothing really going on. I don't got no plans. I got two kids. I got a one-year-old on one foot. I'm holding my 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 ten uh, my uh, uh, eight. He's about ten week old, twelve week old baby. Oh, oh, thank you so much. And I'm looking on Facebook and I'm seeing, oh my goodness, so and so's on vacation in Hawaii. Oh man, so and so's at a party. Oh, they having a party tonight, and they're all wearing white. Oh my god. And you're looking, you're like, oh my goodness, this is new. You know, somebody got a new boyfriend. It's like, oh my god, you know, this. Somebody just got married. Oh, my God. Somebody just bought a car. Oh, he got a car. Oh, look at that car. I had that car. And then somebody's taking a picture at a concert. And they had a car. Oh, they had a concert. Look at that. They're having so much fun. And then someone just bought a new jeans. Look at them jeans. Oh, oh, oh. I wish I could afford those jeans. And all of a sudden, you don't realize it. When you start looking down at your life, you're just like, man, 
It's cheap. <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. It's terrible. Like I'm, I'm not doing nothing. This is. It makes you depressed. You're just looking at people smiling, taking selfies at Beyonce concerts. People just having fun there with their families. Here you are, just sitting all by yourself with some babies, just just pooping and crying. That's it. Just ah, my life. And before you know it, you, you, you find yourself, you're not content anymore. You're not, you're not satisfied. You, you all of a sudden, you're just like, man. And so some people, they try to make up stuff. They try to, all right, I'm, they lie, try to pretend they're doing something fun, you know. Some people go get their credit card, go try to go shopping so that they can experience what somebody else is experiencing. But, you know, sometimes I'm sitting there and God will tell me, he said, he said you know what? Because I have God on the inside, because I have Christ living on the inside of me, sometimes I say, you know what, I'm, I, I, Christ, you know what, I'm going to think about you because you, you leave me content. And when the contentment of God gets in your heart, all of a sudden I start, I start playing with my daughter and she's giggling and, and then I start playing with my son and he's laughing. And then, you know, I go ahead and go in the room, get them crackers, put it in the bowl and and then all of a sudden, before you know it, I'm, I'm, we all running around the house. I'm Mickey Mouse and M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E, you know, Miska, Muska, Mickey. And I'm the big monster. I'm running around the house and the kids are running around. And before you know it, oh, my goodness, there's so much joy in the house. Why? Because contentment will get your eyes off of other people's pictures and it will put your eyes on the picture that God has given you in front of you. And you will be content in your soul. You never have to be jealous or envious of anyone else. I want to pray for you guys before you leave. Some of you have classes. Some of you, this might be your last class. You might be leaving. I want to pray for you because I want to pray that the contentment of God, the fire of God, and the power of God would rest in your souls. This is a song that we sing before you go. It says, set a fire down in my soul. That I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we all want more of you. We let go of what's in our bowl. We say, God, take our pain, take some of the pleasures that's not good for us, and take some of the people that may not need to be connected to us in this season of our lives. And God, replace all of that with your peace, with your hope, and with your contentment. May we all leave more satisfied and more fulfilled by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say Amen. ENC, thank you so much for inviting me. I was so, so happy to be here. God bless you.